You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Auburn loses a narrow one. 27 to 10 to Georgia. I want to get your initial thoughts. I was up in the booth, so there was a not a lot. I, like, man, I'm telling you, it was hard. Lance and I were both in the booth. It was hard to get a sense for some of the things that were happening on the field. But Lance, I want to start with you. You know, you got a chance to look at the numbers. What are your initial, what's your thoughts the day after on this one in terms of what Auburn, the kind of game Auburn played and, you know, the game plan and how they executed, you know, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. I I think Auburn, when you look at the numbers and you look at the final score and you go back and, and watch the game a little bit, Auburn didn't play particularly their best game and they were tied with just a few minutes left against the back-to-back national champs. And I think Mm. heading into this week, a lot of Auburn fans, uh, maybe maybe I'm uh, speaking out of turn here, but I think a lot of Auburn fans were just wanting this game at the very least to be competitive. You know, we saw that line go from 16 and a half down to 14. Maybe things uh, Vegas knew about this game that some uh, fans didn't. And apparently so, because Auburn was able to really keep this game close. I think uh, the deciding factor here, Mike, whenever you look at the numbers, you look at how Auburn played, uh, it's the ability to throw the football. That, that's what really separated these two teams today is Georgia was able to get it to their best player, one of the best players in all of college football, and Auburn wasn't able to really throw the ball at all for what feels like uh, the 10th or 11th game in a row, where they just have not been able to really establish much of anything uh, against, a, against a legitimate opponent. So that's kind of where it starts and ends for me, is that uh, I'm really impressed with the way that Auburn fought in this game shocked me, surprised me, had multiple moments in this game uh, where if they kind of bounced Auburn's way, you could have seen them winning this game by somewhere between three to seven points at, at the very end here. But uh, it's it's Georgia's ability to get it to their playmakers and Auburn not being able to throw it down the field much at all. Brian, initial thoughts on this one, man. You've had a chance. Um, you were uh, running the show. Um, you guys got to watch the television broadcast. You know, how did what did you see here from Auburn? Um, how did you like what you saw? Right. And what things did you hate? Um, One thing I like was that we can run the ball. All right. We can run the ball now for the second week in a row against an extremely talented front. We move the ball pretty much at will on the ground. A combination of Jarquez and uh, Thorne from the quarterback position. And Brian Batty has quietly maybe, well, um, I I don't want to say the best of anything because y'all know I like to jump out there. He is a very good pickup. I know people were questioning why we need to go get him. Well, we got Cobb. We do have Cobb. But listen, Bat T, you can see the skill set between uh, the swing passes to him out of the backfield and him running in between the tackles, kickoff returns. Bat T is electric. We had a lot to take away from this game as far as the running game goes. And we should be able to do this. If we can do it against Georgia and AM, there's nobody who we shouldn't be able to compete with and stay in the game because our run game allowed us to possess the ball and also allowed our defense to not be out there all game. Our defense gave us every shot to win this game. I think you hold uh, 27 points. Yes. Would it like to be less? Sure. 
We had our opportunities, though. Our offense had its opportunities. Our defense didn't leave us hanging out there to dry in this game. It's because the run game allowed them to stay rested. So that's the positive. What I hated about this game was that the pass game didn't work. The mm-hmm. passing game did not work. Now, I came in, in here on the broadcast right after the game, and I was fired up about the quarterback position. I regret nothing. You know why? Because I have a right to overreact. I have a right to overreact right after a hard loss. However, rewatching this game this morning, mm. it was a full service of failure around every part of the passing game, whether it was snaps, whether it was protection, it was quarterback throwing, not seeing the field at times, and it was the wide receivers. Not We're not even just talking about not being able to catch balls that actually came their way incorrectly lined up. The second timeout that we had to take in the first quarter was because Fairweather wasn't on the line of scrimmage. He was the person that was back off the line of scrimmage. It would have been a penalty down there in the red zone. So Hugh Freeze, very frustratedly, walked up and called a timeout and was like, oh, man, come on. But it was Fairweather that wasn't on the line, wasn't lined up correctly. I, You can see now why it is not as simple as change the quarterback and everything will be better. Especially if we're talking about going to the the better passing quarterback in Holden Gurner. He needs time to develop. Would he develop with these guys, though, under these circumstances? Is this how you develop a passing quarterback when so much other things are wrong? I think you develop a younger quarterback similar to what Georgia has going right now with Carson Beck. You're the only new thing here. Everything else is working great. We can slot you in and bring you along, but not when the quarterback and everything else is in flux as well. That's what I didn't like. The, the, the passing game in general is broken, and it seems to be on the, on the men getting repaired, but how much time do we have to fix it, and how many losses do we take going forward simply because we can't push the ball down the field? Yeah, it was, it was tough. We're going to get into some stats when we talk about offense um, later in the show. Uh, but, guys, I to me... I, I it was it was curious to me versus Sanford they they came out and they really wanted to establish Peyton Thorne throwing the ball right uh, I and I assumed it was because they knew they were going to need him as the game went on I was talking to Lance and I said you know man at some point they're going to start pushing the ball down the field mm-hmm. like for real because they're going to need it to win this one you know if, if it's going to come down to a final drive you're going to have to throw the ball at the end of the game. And it felt like they had not established any kind of rhythm in the passing game, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not putting that on quarterback or receivers or, or anybody, right, like that was on the field. I just think um, it, it, it seemed like in critical situations in the red zone as well, too, they were unwilling to put the ball in Peyton Thorne's hands. I question that. I do question that. For the game plan, I, I wondered if Thorne was the best quarterback for that game plan. Well, keeping the ball on the ground, uh, he had a great run up the sideline uh, You know, on what was a called run. It wasn't a busted play. It was a called run. Uh, and he, I think he got, what, Lance, 61 yards on that run? Yeah. Um, I will tell you, if that's Robbie Ashford, he's gone. He's not, he's not getting caught in, in, in the open field, right? So it was a great play that had positive results. But, but in my mind, I'm just thinking, why do this with Thorne? I, I would like to see Thorne throw the ball. I think that that is his strength. Um, and, uh, you know, asking him to run as much as he did, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Let's, let's, let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball because we talk a lot about offense, right? What did you guys see on defense? Rob Roberts, man, is turning in a masterpiece 
of a season so it's far on defense, right? And it's over some of the numbers won't look great because when you lose, they don't look great. But so far, Auburn is a turnover machine this season. Lance, give me your thoughts. What are your thoughts on Auburn being able to create disparity in the game with the turnovers? Yeah, that's something that Auburn desperately needed at different points last year, and it's really shown uh, with Ron Roberts here at the helm uh, calling plays. Whenever he was brought in, he was brought in to do two things. He was brought in to help the run defense and to help this unit create turnovers. And you got to see two in this game that were both immediately churned into touchdowns. And I, I think that if you don't get those turnovers, you don't really see this game uh, maybe as close as it was there towards the end. Auburn needed both of those turnovers to kind of help them with short field position to kind of get their drives going and cash in. And one of those was a, a Robbie Ashford touchdown, obviously. Uh, you talk about getting him going, Mike G, which is something we could, we could probably dive into later on here uh, on the stream. But yeah, I think Roberts, uh, I, from a schematic standpoint, that hybrid four-two-five that he kind of likes to run at different points, I like it. I, I really, really do like the scheme. Uh, you saw frustration at different points in this game on third down. Auburn really not able to get off the field consistently. That's something that they've got to address. But whenever it comes to Roberts and his scheme and what he's trying to do, I was not particularly mad with the game plan yesterday. And whenever it comes to somebody like Bowers, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, giving up 27 points to the number one team in the nation with a player like that on the field to have held Bowers in check for the majority of the game until that fourth quarter was really, really nice to see. Obviously, I think the dam's going to break at some point when you you talk about the, the talent uh, disparity between these two programs. But as far as scheme as far as execution, as far as getting those turnovers, seeing these year one results so far five weeks in, I've been very pleased with what, what, what uh, Roberts has done on that side of the ball. Uh, B, man, uh, they were close to get, well, they weren't close. There was one that they called a fumble on the field that was not even close to a fumble. I, it was <laughs> <laughs> when I saw, I saw, I saw. I was like, I, I was like, Auburn, Auburn, Jesus, tried a little too hard to get some home cooking there. That was that was some Bama cheating. That was some yeah. Bama level cheating right there. We got that. <laughs> now, like they looked at the replay and said, Ah, yeah, that's not even. We can't do that. We'll yeah, get we'll call, Got pass, <laughs> offensive pass interference on the Georgia Bulldog, who we thought fumbled the ball. Auburn ball. Mm -hmm. It's that Bama mm -hmm. level cheating. I would have liked. Oh. But here's a, here's a thought, and and Lance, I'm going to jump back to you on this uh, after I ask B's thoughts. Jalen Simpson is having himself a season, man. Yes. Like this guy is having an all SEC season. Yes, uh, he gets hurt. How much of an impact do you think his absence had on their ability to stop Bowers there at the end of the game? It's tough to know. It's tough to know because. Not being able to see the defensive alignment before the snap, I don't know where they had Simp on those plays mm -hmm. where Bowers was out there, and I don't know where they would have had Simp if he had been out there. He was doing a very, very good job of covering their other wide receivers, um, making getting to where he needed to be, jumping routes, reading the quarterback, and those are instincts that you can't really teach because if you could teach them, then everybody would be doing it and everybody would be in NFL safety, but not everybody is. Simpson has those instincts, so... I wonder, though, were they doing something different with Bowers late in the game because they knew they needed to have it? Because that's that's a good idea, and there's a good chance that you go, all right, this has not been working. Let's move you here, and you run to that spot. In one play in particular, it was really Carson Beck threw it to Bowers. Bowers really just sat down in the middle of the zone, and he threw it to a side where and Bowers made like a crazy adjustment to kind of get it. it. 
it was it was a great catch. Like I don't know what you do. Yeah. In that case, as a defender, I wouldn't have expected the ball to go to you on that side. I would think that would end up being an incompletion. But because you're an outstanding athlete, an outstanding player, you make that catch. I think some of it is just this is why you need dudes. Dudes make this happen. I'm not saying that Simpson can't influence those plays. I think he can influence the game in many ways when he's in there. But this is when you tip your hat. Those types of plays, when you got those types of players, you tip your hat. And even to Beck, because Beck took shots, and he continued to stand in the pocket and deliver to where his players could get it. This is what, when we talk about what we can do at quarterback and why we're missing some things as far as quarterback on our end, it's not just completion percentage. It's not just uh, having a big arm. It is, are you going to stand in, take pressure, make throws? Even if you miss a throw and you get hit, come back and make that same throw the next time while you get hit. And having dudes to get to re- to make those receptions, of course, it makes a big difference as well. But I don't I don't think that anything would have necessarily changed because Simpson was in there. I think what you're looking at is some excellent recruiting and and coaching. They've got some dudes that we might not have yet. Yeah, and uh, I think that's where it falls right here. With Sim- and to go back to Simpson, I mean, he's been having a, ph- a phenomenal year so far. The switch to safety for him has really, really unlocked his capabilities as a player in that defensive backfield. I right. think part of the reason why Auburn struggled in the secondary, I, I, again, to go back to, I, I have faith in Roberts. I have faith in what he's calling here. I think part of it was the lack of uh, ability to get to the quarterback. Now, there were some pressures. There were some pressures that Auburn had. But whenever it comes to those third downs, those big moments, uh, at times, you saw Auburn bring guys, and they weren't able to get home. At times, you, times you saw Auburn tr- rush four, and absolutely nothing happened, and you were able to find Bowers in the middle of the zone. And whenever, like I agree with you, B. Will, it's one of those things with Bowers where it's just like you see him make these plays out in the open field where it's just it, it's it's really hard to stop. I had yeah. several people texting me in the press box yesterday. It's like our secondary is playing absolutely terribly today. And it's just like, what? why does Auburn not have a game plan for Bowers? I'm like, I don't really know if anybody in the country has a great <laughs> game plan great for plan Rock for Bowers. Bowers. Yeah, right. It, it's kind of difficult, uh, guys, whenever you have a generational tight end that you're playing against and may arguably be the best player in college, ba- or college basketball, college football, uh, going up against your secondary. I think Jalen Simpson being out there in that fourth quarter might have made some of a difference, but I think a question that I want to know the answer to is having a guy like Keontae Scott also out there without having to rotate other guys in in that defensive backfield, i.e. Caleb Wooden, uh, i.e. maybe somebody like Puckett back there. What would Keontae Scott do uh, for Mm. the secondary as far as cohesion? Would it have stopped Brock Bowers? Probably not, um, but would would it have helped Auburn out? I think it certainly would have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. It, it was the, the injuries are piling up for the Tigers on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, they are they're having a great season. I think everyone was worried about run defense uh, coming into this season. Overall, as a squad, um, they played pretty well. Uh, I think, and being able to take away at least some of what the offense does well for a portion of the game. Uh, Ron Roberts, to me, is earning his money, and uh, Auburn should do everything they can to hold on to this man. But I, I think there's there's a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball. Now, the pass rush, right, uh, kind of moving down to the line. The pass rush seemed unable to get to Beck. 
Yep. Right. Um, especially at the end of the game. Now he was he was getting the ball out of his hands, you know, I would I would say fairly quickly. Um, when you look at his time to throw uh 2.44 seconds when he was kept clean, 2.21 seconds, he was letting it fly. And um ultimately they went back to what he's comfortable with, that short um 10 to 20 yard throw in the middle of the field. And, you know, from 10 in, in the middle of the field, they worked the middle of the field hard with Beck. Uh, So he was six for seven Lance in the middle of the field between zero and 10 yards. And from 10 to 20 yards, he was four for eight for 103 yards, a touchdown and one interception. Um, They really just, they managed him all year. I think Um, I thought Auburn's strategy on defense would be keep those things in front of you. Mm-hmm. Right. Just don't give up the big play down the field. Um, and, but then they started giving it up, you know, here and there uh, to Bowers. Uh, you know, what did you think about Auburn's ability to be able to at least slow Beck and then how they lost it at the end of the game? Right. Was there a better defense for Beck at the end of the game? Or is this just five star athletes making plays in crunch time? I, I genuinely thought the five-star talent would have taken over at some point in that third quarter. And that, that I think that's where I'm going to lean here is that Georgia yeah. just simply had the better dudes. I think they've got guys that are more poised. Carson Beck may not be the best quarterback in the entire world, but he sure looked calm and collected throughout this yeah. entire game, despite yeah. the the crowd noise. He's He's a guy that's been around this league as a backup for a few years now. I think he knew what he was getting into. And for his first road, his first road SEC start, I, I mean, it was just uh, yeah. impressive what he was able to get away with in the fourth quarter. I believe he had like a 110, 120 plus yards passing there to close things right. out in that final quarter. It was just Georgia and Carson Beck, I think, executing. I don't really know if there's anything that Auburn could have truly done, especially with the injuries, to kind of slow that down or stop it. There was a really big third down there, I believe, on the drive that uh, Bauer scored on uh, early in that drive. It was like third and maybe 10 plus. And it was just a completion over the middle to Bowers through that soft zone uh, with with without any pressure. And Beck was just able to get it out. And that that's just what great teams do is they make plays like that in those big moments. And I think for this season, you have to have concerns about things going on on both sides of the ball in terms of your talent. But as far as the future goes... I think that you have to look at a game like this and say the expectation is for things like this. And somebody in the comments said third and 12 where where that conversion happens. Mm -hmm. Whenever you have moments like that on that third and 12, whenever you have big busted plays for Brock Bowers on that final drive, you have to look at games like this and say, okay, the expectation is that this doesn't happen again with better recruiting and more time to kind of develop the guys that you have in this room already. For the future, I think you have to think that these things are not going to be what plague you, especially whenever you get Georgia at home in two more years. I'm really interested to see what Auburn looks like in a contest like that whenever Hugh Freeze has kind of had some time to maybe get some guys in that can help you on the offensive side of the ball, to maybe get some better secondary players that you're more comfortable with in this Ron Roberts scheme if he's still here. So uh, you you say, uh, like, what was the issue there in the fourth quarter? What could Auburn have done? I, I think they just got outmanned there towards the end. And to be honest with you, I thought it was going to happen earlier in this game. But Auburn fought, and I thought it was very impressive. Yeah, B, uh, what did you think about Carson Beckman and his and, and what he did in this game to Auburn at the end? I mean, uh, he kind of showed why. I mean, I think this is maybe what Hugh Freeze talks about when he talks about the talent gap between Auburn and some of the you know other schools. Like he was, you know, he was able to step up and make the plays when it was time. You know what it felt like? It felt like 
um, the feeling gave me the same feeling it had in the um, in the in Brian Harson's first Iron Bowl when they lost in four OTs. Mm-hmm. Going into the fourth quarter, Bryce Young had done almost nothing that entire game, but when the game was on the line. He the just showed up. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, he made plays. He made plays, and uh, they got the dub. Uh, you know, was yeah. this just a case of Auburn's, you know, again, Georgia's talent showing up at the end of the game uh, and, and winning it for them? It, it was, but let's be very clear here. The opportunities that we were presented with throughout the game that we could not capitalize on in the past game were the difference between us just holding the ball and maintaining it for maybe a first down on that drive. And that's why we couldn't get into field goal range on a drive where we stalled out. The pass game right now, with how good the run game has been so far for us, the pass game not working is why we can't be up 16-10, 20-10 at half. That is why that's the case, okay? The pass game not working is the other... It's it's the other part of this this formula that's keeping us from getting a huge lead on Georgia and not just being tied with them at the half. The defensive effort that we saw yesterday would be enough to win that game if we were just okay passing the ball. But we're not okay passing the ball. Less than 100 yards in Power 5 play, five times straight through the air? That's abysmal. Like, that's sad. It's really sad, you guys. <laughs> that's, that's like historically sad. We can't pass the ball for more than 100 yards in an era where we have uh, people throwing for four and 500 yards. We saw Ole Miss put up 700 yards on LSU, and LSU wasn't too far behind that. Passing the ball should be easier now than ever. And we're coming up on some historic lows in the passing game. Yep. That is why we lost this game. I do agree. The, the game was there for the taking by Georgia. They do have the ultimate chess piece in a tight end that is a great blocker and a great catcher. I mean, there's those guys are going to be paid forever. That's really the difference between the, the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty. People, A lot of people thought it was Tyreek Hill, right? Like, oh, he lost and they're not going to be good anymore. Nobody. Travis Kelsey is what makes that go. He was missing game one this year and they got beat by the Lions. Travis Kelsey is what makes that go. A good tight end like that is the ultimate mismatch and they can break your defense. They had one. We didn't. It was there for the taking. They took it. But I don't think that that's... I don't think it was why they won the game. I think we made it a game because we couldn't complete a pass. It was there for the taking because we couldn't complete a pass. And yes, Georgia's talent took over at that point. So props to them. Props to them. I think they've got something with Carson Beck because if you're going to have a tight end like that, and even though McConkey didn't look like he was quite 100%, They've got playmakers. And as it's been stated over and over again, including by the recruits who were at the game, we do not. Something else I want to point out here about the passing game, whenever you look at at, at Auburn and, and Georgia, look at the, the the differences between quarters for Georgia and their passing yards. First quarter, 28 passing yards. Second quarter, 49. Third quarter, 88. Fourth quarter, 148 passing yards. Auburn's defense just eventually just broke down and Auburn not being able to kind of keep up there at least just a little bit at different times is kind of what killed them. Yeah. 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 It was, it was tough, man. Um, you know, d- digging into some other stats here, uh, again, Auburn blitzed Beck on 55% of his dropbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people have been bemoaning the pass rush, right? Do you guys feel like they should have just, they should have blitzed them more? Should there been a plan to blitz Beck more in spite of how well you're, secondary is playing like they were able to force him into some bad throws in this yeah. game 
you know, and it was something that I had talked about on a previous show, like, hey, man, get him outside the pocket, you know, protect the middle of the field and make him throw the ball outside. And you can get him to make some bad throws. Do you guys think he did that? Or should there be a plan to blitz him even more than what they did in this game? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll ask this. If you blitz more, who's there to bracket Bowers? Who's there to double Bowers? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just you're, you're, in a, you're, you're at a loss either way. Yeah. You either make Carson yeah. Beck beat you with no pressure or you send pressure at him and see if he can make those really tough throws. Uh, and there were a couple of throws there uh, where actually I believe there was one under pressure where he took a pop and hit somebody over the middle. And it's just like, well, we got what we wanted and he still completed the pass. It's just like, well, you can't really do a whole lot against against guys like this at different points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I be you. And I I don't again, this is why a Bowers is is so crucial. You have a guy on your offense that you can't afford to not have bodies back there and be, oh my God, he's that good. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna blitz me? No, you're gonna send four, but your four is not good enough to get to my quarterback. So we're gonna move the ball down the field. I don't I don't think sending five is gonna be something you can do when when the other team has offensive players that can hurt you for it, or if they have just an excellent offensive uh, play caller, because we've seen that a few times as well. I mm-hmm. thought for all of his uh, faults, Lane Kiffin played a really good game against LSU yesterday, and I thought there was one play actually in the Georgia game that we, we just played where we sent the blitz from the left side, and they, they read it instantly. Like, they just had that threw right into it, boom. But that's what you can do if you're prepared and if your offensive skill players are prepared as well. We weren't going to be able to do more than we did. I mean, you might be able to send a safety or a corner, but that's it. You can't do more than that because they've got too much talent on offense. So I don't think more blitzing was the answer. I think we really need to find some pressure for. And whatever that mix is, whoever those guys are, we need to find them.